Welcome to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. And I'm Pastor Margaret Michael. Thanks for tuning in. And today, Pastor Margaret is going to share about a recent trip that she had uh, to Peru. So, Pastor Margaret, before I give it away, what led to you having this opportunity to go with a group of people to Peru? Well, uh, you know, we have been active for about 19 years with um, Samaritan's Purse and Operation Christmas Child. Um, Every year we're a collection center um, for the shoe boxes that go out um, through Samaritan's Purse to children all over the world uh, that may never get another gift at Christmas. Um, These boxes are packed and folks here at the church pack them, uh, folks... Uh, throughout the community, um, some church groups come together and pack, and all those boxes end up here and then are sent on to a processing center to be prepared to go out of the country and to all the places all over the world. And churches do this everywhere uh, through Samaritan's Purse and Operation Christmas Child. And this year, our church as a collection center brought in over 20,000 shoe boxes and because of the connections that we have with Samaritan's Purse and people can be nominated um, from churches to go on these trips where you go to another country and help with a shoe box drop and so um, actually Pastor Adrian was the first nominee here and it didn't work for his schedule so I was second in line so Um, It was a real honor um, and a privilege. It's a privilege that really only about 250 Americans get to go on in a year where they go in and see the workings of what Samaritan's Purse does in these countries. So it was a real honor to be nominated and actually get to go on that trip. Well, thank you for sharing that, Pastor Margaret. And I knew why you were going, but I preferred you to say and explain and uh I know just you know I remember my parents always taking me to pack shoe boxes since I was a little kid me and my sister and I know that our church here Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene has been a central drop-off location for many years so we collect from all the other collection points in yes. our valley and I even recently had the privilege uh end of 2019 of going to one of the processing centers the main ones in charlotte but we went up to the one in baltimore and actually processed the boxes that will then go from there baltimore charlotte wherever the processing center may be Mm -hmm. located in the u.s to whatever country uh, like peru Mm -hmm. or wherever there's i don't want to get into the numbers now but there's like over 150 countries that they send these boxes to and uh So that was quite a privilege. I know it's rare to get that opportunity Mm -hmm. to go on a trip. And um, in fact, most people only get to go on one trip in a a lifetime because there's so many people that want to go on those type of things and see firsthand the impact that the shoebox has. So any specific stories that you have from your time there, I'm sure you have multiple, that you would like to share with us just to give us a small picture of the impact that these shoeboxes have. Yeah, so we were able to do a couple um, shoebox drops. Um, It's 
really neat to go and see actually how all of it happens. I know it's different in different areas of the world, and the specific area that we were uh, working in was Lima, Peru. And, you know, if you're in the city of Lima, Peru, and there's mountains, mountain ridges, there's no trees on them, but when you look out of the city, pretty much any which way that you look, uh, poverty is very close by. Um, and these hills outside the city are just covered with these little, what they would call squatters houses. They're, some are cardboard, some are, they're made all different types of materials. Uh, most of them do not have running water um, or electricity. And it's really cool because they paint them these beautiful colors. Like you look at it, it's really a beautiful picture, but the closer you get to them, you see how much poverty you're surrounded with. So we actually stayed in the city uh, of Lima, and we worked with churches, which is what Samaritan's Purse does. They don't just go out and hand them out. They, have, they really work out of relationship. So the first church that we went to, actually it was a pretty nice church. I mean, for the setting, uh, the community that we were in, I was really impressed with uh, the church, how well kept it was. The pastor and his wife um, were there and very involved. And uh, the kids come in for a week um, and they come in and they have a vacation Bible school, much like they would have here. And then at the end of that vacation Bible school, there is the day when Samaritan's Purse shows up with the gifts. And so these kids have been there um, and there's always a presentation of the gospel. And, and it's not just, it's of the Bible. Like the leaders in the churches take you through the story from creation um, to the resurrection. And they do it very well. It was so interesting to go into different denominations and see how they did it. We were able to go into a couple different denominations and just much like our services here, some were more upbeat than others. There was great energy. Uh, you could just tell that those leaders love those children. And after there's that presentation, uh, then everyone is given a box, but they have to sit there and they cannot, they can sit there with the box in their lap, but they cannot open it. Now, I don't know, it was just important. Like when we're at the processing center, and I went this year too um, to Maryland and worked in a processing center one day, and once you check the box and make sure that there's nothing in it that shouldn't be in it, that there's a good amount of things in the box, that there's going to be a toy, and sometimes we have extra things there um, at the processing center. We say, hey, you know, that box could use maybe another toy. But once you've checked that box, it is sealed and it's sealed with a Samaritan's Purse tape. And so the first thing that happened before we could hand the boxes out is we had to cut that tape. Like that tape was not touched until it got to that place where the kids would actually open the lid of their box. And so they do a countdown and everybody drums on the tops of their boxes and it's really exciting. And then the kids open the boxes. And it was different at every location that we went to. And this location in particular, of course, it was our first, and uh, there was um, a little boy that when he opened his box, he just started weeping. Of course, he couldn't speak English, 
And so they, we had interpreters with us and an interpreter came over and we began to ask, you know, are you offended by something in the box? You're like, what's wrong? Because we were sure that it was something on our end, that we had done something wrong and had upset him. And he began to explain to us that he was from Venezuela. And there is a lot of unrest in Venezuela right now. Uh, people leaving Venezuela, coming to Peru. Um, I actually, my plane flight into Peru, I rode uh, this girl next to me, same thing. Her and her son had moved from Venezuela to Peru because of the unrest. So he said that morning of the shoebox drop, that very same day that we were in, he said his parents had gotten up that morning and told him that um, they didn't have any money. That day was his birthday, and they did not have any money to get him a birthday present. And so they told him that there would be no presents for him that day. And little did he know that he would go to this event and that God had a gift specifically for him. And he was just elated. He couldn't believe that God knew where he was. That's one of those things that it happens over and over again with Operation Christmas Child, but it's to be able to be there and see that and understand that he, his life will be impacted forever because God saw him and he knew that God knew where he was that day. Yeah, that's powerful. You hear stories similar to that, you know, about certain things that are packed in the box and people don't know why they pack certain things. But yeah, certainly that's a message of God knowing where we're at. And, you know, he wasn't even in his home country. No. But God had ordained for him to be in Peru that day of the shoe drop on his birthday when his parents didn't have any money to buy him any presents. We think and we say often it's the only present, like, and we're saying like Christmas present, right. but it could be just in general the present. only presents they ever get. Yeah. And it's also neat hearing you tell about how they share the gospel with the kids. They don't just give them gifts. They do give them shoebox gifts, but they yeah. also give them tangible hope, yes. um, and that's Jesus Christ. And yes. if I'm not mistaken, that's an opportunity for the whole family to hear the word. Yeah, it might be in... Some of the drops at this, well, in the families, the mamas, a lot of them were in the room too. Um, but, and I'll share about that in a little bit, but I wanted to share um, just another story from that same right. church that day. You know, I say to people often if you're going to go on a mission trip, if you're going to do something, whether it's local, whether it's distant, um, whether it's, you know, somewhere internationally, we should never think that we're taking God to someone because he's already there. Right. And I've watched that happen over and over again where, man, the Lord is at work and we show up and get to partner with that. But there was another incident that happened at that church that I don't know if it'll make sense to those listening, but it was so impactful to me. And it goes along with this idea of, you know, sometimes I tell people, other people that, Like, you know, you don't think that you're going to take God there. But I wasn't looking to be blessed in any way. You know, it's just sometimes things happen and are just powerful. And so this happened to me. Uh, The shoebox, everyone had gotten their shoeboxes. At the end of when the kids get their shoeboxes on this day of this event, um, once they've gotten their boxes and the program's over, they head out the door 
And what happens is the team that there's quite a few people in Peru that uh, volunteer for Samaritan's Purse, and there's quite a huge team actually all over the world of volunteers. And so the volunteers come around, and then all of the pastors and leaders that are on the trip come around the pastor and his wife from that church and have a time of prayer. There's always a gift given to the pastor and his wife that's presented, and then one of the pastors prays over the pastor and his wife. And so the kids are leaving the church building and we're being beckoned to the front. And this little girl, you know, she's supposed to be heading out the door and she is desperately trying to tell me something. She, and I cannot understand her. So I went, found an interpreter and said, hey, that little girl out there with the pink dress with cherries on it, you know, go after her. She's trying to tell us something and I don't know what she wants to say. I couldn't understand her. And So I went up to the front of the church to pray, and as I did, I turned and looked, and here came the interpreter in the church with the little girl and came up to me, and he said, she has a a message for you. She has something to tell you. I'm like, oh, okay. And the little girl was trying to tell me that my eyes were beautiful. Wow. And I can't explain it, but first of all, she had probably never seen green eyes before in her life. Like, that was just kind of crazy probably for her to look at green eyes. But that really impacted me so deeply. I haven't gotten over it. As much as I tell people that, you know, God's already there, and as much as we felt like what we brought to that little boy blessed him, what that girl brought to me blessed me. And it wasn't that I was looking for a compliment, but in that moment, I really felt as much as God saw that little boy, he saw me. Right. And I think that's the beauty of mission, that God meets us in ways that we have no idea that we even need to be met. Um, as we're obedient and we go into the world, wherever it is he calls us. Like this trip, I went by myself. Like I didn't go totally by myself. I flew to Miami and met a team of people I didn't know. And I'm an extrovert. That's not too hard. But it was still a step of faith for right. me to say yes to do this trip. And so in all of that, God showed up um, in a real and tangible way for me while I was there. Well, thank you for sharing, Pastor Margaret. And uh, certainly that's a good word that sometimes we go and uh, we might think we're going to bless others, but we'll end up getting maybe the bigger blessing from the experience. And not only did God know where that little boy was, who was on his birthday and his parents didn't have any money to get him presents, but God knew where you were. Yeah. And he spoke that to you through that little girl. And I think that's why the Bible says, unless we become a little child, we will not enter the kingdom of yeah. heaven because he uses things yeah. as small as a compliment about your eyes just to encourage you and let yeah. you know that God was in the details and he planned for you to be on this yeah. trip and it was his will for you to be there. So, Pastor Margaret, thank you for sharing that. You know, you were talking about these shoe drops and the kids getting the box, Mm -hmm. but it's not, Samaritan's Purse isn't done just after the shoe box is given to the kids. Certainly that's part of it, but it's more than that. Would you like to share about that? Yeah, so, yeah, I really learned a lot um, being there and being a part of the process. So once those children receive a shoe box... On top of the shoebox, they get a book. It's called The Greatest Journey. And 
with that book is an opportunity and an invitation to come back to the church and to go through a discipleship course. That is, that is, the shoebox is great and the shoebox is well received and a great gift, but what they receive through that discipleship course is so much greater. The shoebox is really a vehicle to begin a deeper conversation. So what will happen is they will come back, they'll be broken into age-specific groups, and they will go through this discipleship course. We were able to go back to one, go to a, an other church and be in the classrooms with the kids, and they were devouring that curriculum. The 10 to 14-year-olds were so excited and so into filling out their paperwork and making sure they had all the right answers. And, and that's where these folks begin to, that are working with the pastor and the church is able to begin to start building relationship. That's more than, you know, these are neighborhood kids. They're, you know, in close proximity, but they're just like if we were to have a VBS, there's a broad sweep to try to get as many people there as possible. If you want to see some pictures of those children and some videos, um, you can go on my Facebook page and see some of the folks that we engaged. There was usually about 80 children that were at each drop. And, you know, the second church we went to, the young man that was leading worship, I would say he was probably about 18 or 19. He was a youth pastor. And he had received a box at age seven. The last night that we were there, they had a speaker. The last night we were there, they had a speaker. And he was a young man that had received a shoebox at 14. He had been expelled from school because he had stabbed somebody with a pencil. It was just him and his mom. He didn't have any male role model in his life. And he just was a mess. And he went to one of these events, uh, received a shoebox, and realized that there were people there that seemed like they cared about him. And so he went back, and he is a part of Samaritan's Purse now, is very involved, has got his life on track, has great mentors in his life, and his story was just powerful to hear how the influence of that local church and obviously, um, accepting the Lord into his life has changed his life forever. Thank you for sharing that, Pastor Margaret. That's certainly an encouraging story of how, you know, not just a life was changed through a shoebox, which it was, but somebody who was kind of off track, so to speak, the Lord used that to get them back on track and yeah. to use them to help others, not yeah. just help themselves, but help others. What happens then once these children go through, and they have a graduation, um, they encourage the churches, if there's any way that you can afford to buy graduation gowns, buy them. Have a graduation. Make this a huge deal. And, you know, it's interesting because I remember when I came to Harrisonburg First Church on Roosevelt Street, one of the first things that your dad did for me was he gave me a discipleship course. And I remember finishing that. And I remember on a Sunday morning, him calling me up front to receive my certificate. That means something. Right. And so that's what happens here is these children receive a certificate. And by the time they have reached 
the end of that discipleship journey, they have built relationships with people at the church. And so it is really a beautiful thing. The other piece of doing these shoebox drops is the fact that these pastors are ministering in obscurity. They're with very little funds. With There were a lot of ladies that were involved. There were not a whole lot of men. There was one pastor that had been at his church for 45 years. Wow. 45 years he has ministered to the same community. And I had the privilege of praying over him and his wife. And what a privilege to and an honor to pray over such heroes of the faith that have not given up the good fight, that continue day after day to be the love and the mercy and the grace of Jesus in really hard places. Thank you for sharing that, Pastor Margaret. And that's another testament of, you know, God has his people everywhere. Absolutely. And like you said, you weren't bringing God yeah. there because he already was there. That's, that's a right. perfect example of that. Pastor Margaret, thank you for sharing uh, the story today. What else would you like to share about your trip or just mission in general? Well, I do want to share, you know, it seems like whenever you go to another country, there's always some type of delicacy or meat of something, some type of delicacy that uh, they want uh, you to try. And I had been told that in Peru, it's a guinea pig. So I was braced for it. I was expecting a guinea pig on my table at some point. And um, the guinea pig never came. We were sitting at lunch one day and they brought out this skewer of meat and I'm like oh boy that looks like it could be a guinea pig but it wasn't they said well it's beef but we're not going to tell you what it is and I kind of chuckled I thought well if there's anything that I've eaten before I've eaten pretty much being a Rockingham County girl and butchering and um, those listening that have been down that road uh, would appreciate this story so finally figured out that they had brought us cow heart to eat And I laughed, and I said, that's funny. I have one of those in my freezer. And they just cracked up because they could not believe that we ate that too, you know. Anyway, that was just a funny moment. But, you know, I would like to say that the team of people that I was with was pastors um, and leaders from all over the U.S., and I made a lot of really neat connections with them. But the staff and those that work with Samaritan's Purse. I mean, they really uh, just give of their lives to make sure that this ministry continues to happen. And there was one lady, they called her, her name was Teresa, and they actually called her Mother Teresa. She's been leading the work there um, for, I think, 19 or 20 years. And she's up there. She's probably in her 70s or 80s. And she was out with us every day on these trips. And it doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter what your skill set is. Like God wants to use his people to partner in sharing the love of Jesus. And I think there's something for all of us to be able to share. Not everybody's going to get on a plane and go to Peru and hand out shoeboxes. Uh, as we said at the beginning, that is not a huge number. Of pe- there's not a huge number of people that get to do that. But we all can do something. Right. We all can brighten someone's day. It may be a smile. It may be more than that. Um, but just being aware of who's around us and 
being open to the Holy Spirit given guidance um, in those moments when maybe we feel like we look at someone and say, you know, they have beautiful eyes or you just never know what it might be, but don't hold back. And, and that's a lesson that I learned. Like I think things sometimes and I don't say them. And this just challenges me to make sure that uh, when you have that thought that you feel like you need to share with someone, uh, you probably should do it. Well, thank you for sharing that, Pastor Margaret. And you mentioned that we can all do something to bless people. And so tell us a little bit about some of the things going on here at Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene, some trips we may have or some service projects, so to speak, that we have planned. Okay. So Pastor Adrian has shared with the congregation that um, this year our word is go. And so over the past few months, we've been working on bringing some opportunities together for our people to go. Some are going locally and some are going beyond the valley. We have two that are international. Uh, One is in Guatemala uh, this summer, as well as in Moldova, uh, through Village to Village. And I will just say that we really believe in partnering with people that are already doing the work. Like, for me to have went to Peru without that type of an organization behind me that knows the area uh, would have been really unsafe. But it was a really safe mission because we worked with people that do this all the time. And so we want to keep our people safe. We want to give opportunity, but we want it to be done in the safest way possible. And so anything that we do with missions is in partnership with those that are doing it well. Those two trips that I just mentioned with Village to Village, and they partner with an organization in Guatemala and in Moldova that um, provides that layer of protection there too. So the trip actually to Guatemala where we'll be building a house and putting in some stoves, that is a great family trip. Or if you're by yourself, it's a great trip for you know someone to go either way, family or if you're uh, if you don't have anybody going with you, it will be a great trip. And then we have some that are here in the U.S. Uh, we are working with Samaritan's Purse with rebuilds. Uh, you do not have to have any uh, skill. It's a place to go and actually learn things, um, learn how to swing a hammer and to do some of the things that maybe you don't know hanging drywall, painting. There's just a lot of different things that you don't have to have a lot of skill, but if you go and you're open to it, you can probably learn a few things. We have three trips to North Carolina and South Carolina this summer where we'll be doing rebuilds, and Jeff Arbogast is leading that. And then we have one to Christian Appalachian Project, which is in Kentucky, where we'll be doing um, some home repair as well. And um, Ellie Wright and Debbie Huntley um, are leading that trip, and again, another opportunity. Um, Ellie was saying the other day, she said, that's where I learned to hang drywall. That's like I think she could probably just go ahead and build a whole house because she's went so many times in, over the years uh, that she's learned a lot. And Debbie's going, and Debbie's been taking care of our details, but she's going to go as she doesn't really know what she's going to be able to do, but she'll learn things once she's right. there another great opportunity. And then we have some local things, the best week ever this summer. We'll have a lot of projects around the valley. A Um, new camp. 
Renew Camp is another place that, if you don't know anything about Renew Camp, it's a really great place where quite a few different denominations uh, come together. And the youth from those churches stay at a high school. They go out during the day, do mission work, and then at night they have opportunity to come together and worship and um, hear a message. And that's just a really rich week, whether you're a student or whether you would like to volunteer, and there's opportunities for both. So anyway, those are a few of the opportunities this summer. As those fill up, uh, we will add other things. So, you know, it's something that if there's something you look at, you go, man, that's not going to work for me. Keep looking back on the website, and there's information there. We're pretty easy to get in touch with if you have questions. Well, thank you for sharing that, Pastor Margaret, and thank you uh, for just bringing hope. I know those stories that you told particularly brought hope to me. So thank you for sharing those and uh, just a great encouragement. No matter how old or how young we are, what our skill set is, we can all be used by God. Yep. And uh, he will use our obedience and we'll end up being blessed by it, I believe. Yes. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I pray that Pastor Margaret's story about her uh, trip to Peru with Operation Christmas Child has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Front Porch Talks is sponsored by Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene in partnership with Sunshine Ministries.